My name is Joel Renner, and I want to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment on this video as you watch it so more people can see this teaching. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and tonight I'm sitting here with Denise, Paul, and Joel, and we are just laughing together, having a good time, and ready to meet with you. Isn't it good to be with our home group, guys? It is wonderful, wonderful. together. Just wonderful. And, Mom, I'm glad to be with you. Joel, thank you. Yes. And you know it's a privilege for me to be on home group. Of course. It's a privilege for all of us to be on home group. Well, I was just talking about me, that it was a privilege for me. Okay. But well, it's a privilege for you, too. Joel? Well, I want to tell you guys, before we get into home group, <laughs> Dad has written a new book. It's called Last Day's Survival Guide, and it will really bless your life. These days we're living in, every time I turn on the news, it just gets weirder and weirder. Can I say something? I watched the news last night, and I thought, can it possibly get any more bizarre? It is just bizarre what's happening, especially in the United States. Ay, ay, ay. It's just nutty what's going on. And I know that people are saying, how do we survive this? That's why I wrote that book, because the Bible gives us a common sense approach about how to survive all the nuttiness that's going to be in the world in the end of the age. And, and you know what? I'm not trying to sell you a book because I know that book's going to do fine. People are going to buy that book, but you need that book. That book will help you. It'll help your kids. It'll help your grandkids. It'll help your kids that are parents. You need that last day's survival guide, friends. You really need it. And if you need prayer tonight, write to us, prayer at renner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593 and go to the website right now because you can download your free study guide called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. And that's what we're going to be talking about every night this week. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. It comes with a great series. If you can, you should order both because it will really get this into you. But the study guide's free. And right now we're also offering you my book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. And the big book called... Dress to Kill. Look at the size of that book. And it's a big book, but it reads very easily. It's very easy to read, and people have read this all over the planet. And if you don't have a copy of Dress to Kill, it's actually called a classic on spiritual warfare. So get your copy. But hey, let's go into the Word of God. Are you guys ready? Ready. Yes. So we're talking about keeping the devil out of your life. And I want to review tonight the story that I told last Monday when the naked woman came to our house. And you remember the story. I love to tell the story. Denise was locking the door all the time because we used to live downtown Moscow. And downtown Moscow, one time, we lived in an apartment where when we came into the door of the building, often there were bums and drunks just laying in the entryway. You'd have to step over them to get up into our apartment. So Denise began locking the door. Well, finally, we moved out of town where there's hardly any people where we live. A lot of green, a big field, a forest. And Denise was still locking the door and locking the door. And it kind of became a joke between us. And I would say, hey, Denise, did you lock the door? <laughs> Honey, are you sure you locked the door? And she'd say, Rick Renner, one of these days you're going to be sorry you teased me about that. But I teased her. And I said, Denise, did you lock the door? Well, one day I was watching the news. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I was watching the news one evening. And all of a sudden, from the front of the house, Denise started screaming, Rick, come, come. Well, that's not Denise's behavior. So I jumped up and I ran to the front of the house and she's standing at the front door with her arms like this. And she looks at me and she says, Rick, 
look at the peephole of the door. Well, we have a little peephole in our door. I think she said the locked The locked door. We live like in Fort Knox because Denise locks all the doors. So she said, look out the peephole of the locked door. So I looked out the peephole and standing out the front door was what, guys? A naked lady. A naked lady. Very strange. She was young. I think she's probably about 30 years old, don't you, Denise? And it's interesting. Her hair had just been done. Her hair looked very nice. But she was naked, and she was a girl on drugs. And she had wandered in from the forest behind our house, walked all the way across the big Russian beautiful field behind our house in our backyard because the gate was strangely open. She got onto our property, came up to our front door, and now the naked woman is standing at our front door, banging on the door, let me in. And she was actually saying, this is my house. I'm coming into this house. Well, we didn't want to open the door. So we called somebody who works with us. He came with a blanket, and he tried to wrap it around her. And Denise and I are taking turns looking through the peephole to see what's going on. <laughs> and she's throwing the blanket off, and he's trying to wrap her again. She's throwing the blanket off because she's on drugs. Finally, he gets her wrapped up, takes her by the hand, and begins to walk her around the house. By this time, Denise and I have gone to the back of the house to look through the blinds because we want to see what drama is going to unfold in the backyard. So we watch as Yura, that's the man who works for us, walks the naked lady out the back gate. Well, the gate's open. And when he let her go, she threw the blanket off. She's standing there naked, just waiting for him to disappear so she could wander back onto the property. So he closed the gate, but she lingered. She just lingered and lingered and lingered and waited for an opportunity to slither back onto our property, to come back up to our front door. And when she finally realized the door was closed, Denise and I watched through the blinds as she turned around and the naked woman, <laughs> walked across the meadow, across the field, and disappeared into the Russian forest behind our house from which she had come, and she disappeared. Well, Denise, how long do you think that took? Do you think that was 30 or 40 minutes? Hmm, maybe 20. Well, it, was, it seemed forever to me. Yeah. And when the woman disappeared into the forest, I looked at Denise and said, whoa. And Denise said, what did you say? Well, Rick, <laughs> what do you think of the locked door? Because I made fun of her for locking the door. And I said, Denise, this is one time I'm really glad you locked the door. Just imagine if the door had not been locked. It would have been a completely different picture. I'm sure that I would have been sitting there watching the news and Denise would have been screaming for a different reason because a naked woman was in the house. She would have walked through the door of the TV room and we could have called the same man to help us. But getting her out of the house... Would have been a mess. It, it would, have. would have been a real drama. It would yes. have been a lot of screaming, I think. A fiasco. It would have been terrible. So the fact that your mother locked the door kept something evil on the outside. Now... I told that story a week ago today. I wanted to tell it again today because we're going to pick up there.
And I want to tell you that if the devil has gotten into your life, you can get him out. Sometimes he's already gotten in. Maybe the devil's in your finances. Maybe the devil's in the middle of your marriage. It might be that the devil's in the middle of your kids. Somebody came yesterday and cut my hair. And when she cut my hair, she said, oh, my kids. I feel like the devil's in my kids. I said to her, you can get the devil out. It doesn't matter where the devil has found entrance. If you're willing to make a correction, it really depends on you. If you're willing to make a correction and do what you need to do, you can remove the devil from your personal affairs. It's going to require you to make a correction. But if you're willing to close every door, close every window, seal every crack, you can get the devil out. And if you don't know how to do it, then ask somebody to help you. For example, if you're struggling in your marriage, you may have to go for marriage counseling. You may need somebody to help you get the devil out of your marriage. Or if your finances are messed up, ask somebody to help you figure it out. If the devil's in, use your mind, ask somebody to help you get the devil out. If you're messed up in your health or in your diet or in your physical size, ask somebody to help you begin steps to close the door to what the devil's doing in your health because you opened the door to him. And actually, let's look at our verse, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. We saw in the last program that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because you're what? Adversary. adversary. Do you guys remember the word adversary? Oh, of course. Antidikos. It means prosecutor. Mm -hmm. So we know, just like a prosecutor uses violations to prosecute somebody, the devil attacks us only when he finds a loophole. He's looking for a violation, which is why I say the highest level spiritual warfare is not spiritual weaponry. Now, I want you to get my book, Dress to Kill, because it will help you when you're in trouble. But the highest level spiritual warfare is just living a good life, mm -hmm. living a pure life. When you live right, there's no open doors, there's no open windows, there's no cracks. The devil's looking for those cracks. And that's why here he's called an adversary, which really is the Greek word for a prosecutor. He's looking for violations that you've made. He's looking for loopholes, a way to wiggle in. If he can't find one, then he can't enter. It's like what I told you Jesus said in John chapter 15. Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has no place in me. Jesus said, come on, devil, come on. Circle me 10,000 times. You just have to keep circling me because there's no open place in me. You cannot get in here. So if the devil can't find a crack, then he's prohibited from getting on the inside. Can I throw in a little picture that we had, didn't talk about last week? Well, let's Go talk about it. Adam and Eve. There they were in the garden, and God told Adam to dress it and to keep it. Mm -hmm. Protect it. The word keep means to protect it, which means when God told Adam to dress it, which means develop, but the first thing that tells you is doesn't matter what God gives you, God expects you to take it to the next level. You're supposed to develop it. You're supposed to develop it. Well, how can you develop the Garden of Eden? You would think that it's perfect, but that that's what God said. I want you to develop it. Yes. And if God told Adam to keep it, to guard it or protect it, then we know God told Adam there was somebody out there that wanted to find his way to get on the inside. We don't know how long 
The devil tried to figure out a way to get inside the garden. It could have been hundreds of years. We don't know how old Adam was when he and Eve fell. It could have been thousands of years. But the devil will look and look and look and look and look. He'll wait for an opportunity. And Adam was so good at making sure the devil didn't get in that when the devil couldn't get into the garden himself, he began to look for somebody else that had access. He used the form of a serpent. And he used the serpent. And when you come to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, it clearly says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The serpent was not a beast of the garden. It was a beast of the field. But the serpent had access to the garden. It could come in, it could go out. Well, Satan himself could not find a way to get into the garden, so he looked for someone that had access. access. And there was the serpent. The serpent had the ability to come in, to go out, and apparently the devil made some kind of a deal with the serpent, and the serpent became the instrument. This is exactly what happened in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus had his ministry, he had his disciples, and the devil could not take Jesus down, so the devil looked for somebody that had access. Who did he find? Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot was the serpent in Jesus' garden. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because you need to keep your eyes wide open. The devil's looking for somebody that has access to you. Denise and I were just talking yesterday how important it is that we maintain peace in our lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the devil will use someone that's close to you or someone that you know that has access to you to steal your peace, to attack you. It's amazing. If he can't touch you, he'll touch somebody you know or he'll touch somebody that you love to try to get to you. Someone that can get to you. Somebody that everybody can't get to you. No, not everybody can. And someone that can get to you. It may be someone very close to you. It may be someone you love. It may be someone you have history with. But it's someone that just has a special way of just pushing your buttons just the right way. And when, when I think of my own personal stories of protecting myself from someone who can get to me, it's not about being against that person. I'm not against the person mm -mm. that has access to me and can push my buttons the right way. Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not against that person at all, but I know that there's something about that person's behavior that the devil's using, or perhaps it's a weakness in my life that the devil's using through that person's behavior. That's possible. And so it's not about being against that person or protecting my person, myself from that person. It's more about checking my attitude. Why? Am I more vulnerable to this person than I am to someone else? What is it in my life that that person has access to or pushes the right buttons? And if I get close to the Lord, he'll show me what I need to change about myself. And that person no longer has access to those buttons anymore. That's very good. And sometimes those people don't even know that they're pushing the buttons. Most often they don't even know they're pushing the buttons. Well, now we're talking about the devil, and I don't want to glorify the devil. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. We have more authority than the devil, but he is an enemy. And Peter says that we need to be sober about this. We need to be vigilant, from the Greek word Gregoria, which means build a barricade to make sure he cannot get in. And then we also saw last week in Ephesians 4.27, it says, Neither give place to the devil. The word place, the word topas, 
describes a real geographical location just as real as any door to your house. It's really talking about an access point. I would translate it, give no access point to the devil. And we didn't comment on this last week, but the word devil, the Greek word diabolos, means one who repetitiously strikes and strikes and strikes and strikes and strikes, which means the devil is so committed to breaking through that wall of defense that he doesn't just strike once. He'll strike and strike and strike and strike and strike. And now this leads us to James chapter 4, verse 7. Look at it. And in James 4, verse 7, James says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's talk about that. Most people like to quote the second part of the verse, Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Uh -huh. But the first part of the verse is what qualifies you for the second part of the verse. If you're not in right relationship with God, you won't have much power to resist the devil. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. And that's why he begins by saying, submit yourselves therefore to God and then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The word submit is the word hupotasso. And oh, this word is so wonderful. Denise, listen to this. It describes one who is submitted to some type of authority, one who is in submission to authority in any context, but hold on. This word submit is the very same word which means to hide behind somebody's back. Hmm. When you submit yourself to God, you, God steps forward and you can hide behind God's back. Wow. You know, all of us have said to each other at some point along the way, I've got your back. Dad will take care of you. Mom will take care of you. Joel will take care of you. Paul, we stand for each other. There's real security in that. And when you are submitted to the authority of God, you're in right relationship with God, God steps forward, and God says, I'll hide you, stand behind me, I'll deal with this. It puts you in an entirely different position to deal with the devil. Isn't that powerful, Denise? I think a good example of that is tithes and offerings. The Bible says if you give tithes and offerings, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. It does say that. And that's a good example because God's saying, hey, you can get behind me and I'll take care of the problem for you. He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's what the Bible says. And I think that really matches what you were teaching. Denise, what were you going to say? Well, I'm thinking about the words before that. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. So God resists the proud. So when, because the proud, that's what, that's how the devil fell, is with pride. He said, I will be like the most high God. So, so it, when we get prideful and we say, I, 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 well, the Bible says that God resists us, which is the opposite of when we humble ourselves and he says, I got your back. So, um, if we want to resist the devil, what a powerful place Actually, to humble yourself before God. Actually, I say that when a person is humble, God is attracted to that person like metal is attracted to a magnet. Mm -hmm. When a person is humble and has a right attitude with God, God is just attracted to that person. I'm telling you, when God's on your side, you're in good shape. And the Bible says, then you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, what does that mean? To resist the devil. Any ideas? Well, I know you have a good translation of it. All right. Well, the word resist is the Greek word anthistomy. And the word anthistomy, believe it or not, does not mean I'm going to resist you right now. 
It's actually a military term that describes, are you ready? A pre-planned resistance. In other words, this is not emergency resistance. This describes a pre-planned resistance, and I'm going to give you an example. In Moscow, of course, we live in Russia, there is a huge military park, which is called Park Pabieta Park Victory. Victory Park. And it celebrates a whole lot of the wars that Russia has fought through its years. It doesn't just celebrate Russia, it celebrates the Allied troops, the Americans, the British, the French. It's amazing how they celebrate how everyone worked together, especially in World War II. But there's one area where they have replicated the trenches that were built outside of Moscow before the Nazi troops came. They built, are you guys ready for this? I believe if you put it all together, it's almost a thousand kilometers of trenches. It said it's the equivalent of digging a trench around the globe. The equivalent of digging a trench around the globe. That's how many trenches That's there were. That's how many trenches they around built. Around Moscow. Now, there were rows and rows and rows and rows and rows all the way around Moscow. Moscow is massive. There's 22 million people in Moscow. And the people of Moscow went into the trenches. Isn't that amazing? Yes. We, have a, we had a woman in our church. She's dead now. But she was in the trenches. She was pregnant. She gave birth to a baby in the trenches. And an angel appeared to her and told her what hospital to go to where she would find food because there was no food in Moscow at that time. And you know what that baby grew up to be one of the leaders of Moscow State University. Is that an amazing wow. story? Mm -hmm. Happened right in the trenches outside before the Nazis came. But my point is, the Moscovites didn't say, oh, the Nazis are doing, they're coming, what are we going to do? They had a pre-planned resistance. And General MacArthur, the great Russian, the great American general, stated, I read this with my own eyes, that the defense of Moscow, historically, was the greatest planned defense of any city in human history. Is that amazing? Wow. But they didn't wait for the Nazis to show up and then say, now what do we do? They had a pre-planned resistance. And that's what the word resist means, which means God expects us to use our brains. Mm -hmm. A pre-planned resistance would include handling your money right, praying, making sure your spiritual life is strong, giving your tithe, working on your marriage, working on your health, doing everything you can from your side. That's really what the word resist means, to make sure that enemy cannot get on the inside. And the Bible goes on to say, if you will do your part to put up a pre-planned resistance, the devil will flee from you. And the Greek word for flee, and wait a minute, right from my notes. I know it. What is it? Oh, it's because you listened and studied the notes. I know a Greek word. Good for me. <laughs> fuego. It's the word fuego, and it means to take flight, to run as fast as you can. It pictures someone running in terror so fast that both feet never hit the ground at the same time, and it is exactly the word which was used to describe a lawbreaker who fled from a nation or fled from a country before he was captured and punished. Which means... If we'll get in right relationship with God, we can hide behind his power, behind his person. Suddenly, if we will use our brains and use all of our wits, everything we know to do to build a pre-planned resistance, 
the devil will realize it's futile. And when you begin to resist, he will move his feet as fast as he can to hightail it out of there. He'll know he's like a criminal that's about to be caught and he will flee. That is really what it means. Now let's cover one more verse. Are you ready? Okay, one more thing I want to notice. I know we're almost out of time. But that means maintenance. It does. Keeping the crack, keeping, making sure there's no cracks, making sure there's no place that the devil can get in, it means maintenance, a lot of maintenance. And sometimes you can get a little heavy down uh, with all the maintenance involved in life. Mm-hmm. And when I think of resisting the devil, to me, that seems like something that takes up a lot of energy. But now what you said, it means thinking ahead, taking care of everything in your life, making sure there's nowhere for him to get in, means there's a lot of maintenance. And when you're involved in maintenance all the time, sometimes you feel like you don't have time to do anything new or you don't have the strength to do anything aggressive or attack the devil. Don't worry about that. Can I give you an example? This morning, you know, I get up every morning, I punch the button on the coffee machine, I go through my routine. And while I wait for my coffee, I do my exercises, and I do 70 push-ups every morning. So this morning, I push the button, let the dog out, waiting for my coffee, and I'm thinking, Rick, you do these exercises every single morning, 70 every single day. Just skip it today. You know, the flesh always wants to skip maintenance and discipline. And I stood there, and I thought, well, what is more expensive? The five minutes it takes to do this, and it's so simple to do it every day, or allowing your back to become bad, then you slope, then when you get older, you have to walk with a walker. Now, if you're already in that condition, the devil's already got in, you can get him out. But I'm going to tell you, just a little maintenance every day doesn't take a lot of time. But my goodness, it saves so much. Mm -hmm. It saves so much. Eating right. I'm not trying to harp on that subject, but you know, when you gain weight, you got to buy bigger clothes and bigger clothes and bigger clothes, and then you got to pay all this money to lose the weight, and then those clothes don't work, so you got to buy new clothes, and then if you lost a lot of weight, you have to have skin removal surgery. It's better just to do right. Yeah. It's better just to do right. And that's why Peter uses this word antistomy, James, which means build a plea pre-planned resistance to make sure he never gets in in the first place. That's the best thing. Denise? Well, I was thinking about your thought life because it all starts in your thought life. That's another area. And, um, and it's so easy to let just these thoughts just kind of go flying by your mind. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you realize, man, I haven't been thinking those thoughts aren't those thoughts aren't building me up at all and and then you have to take take control take captive those thoughts and say no devil i've got so many good things i can think about and be thankful for no no you're not taking me down that track and and it's just it's building that it's building that um resistance barrier yes it is a barrier when you cast down your vain imaginations you're building a barrier and that's what peter said he said be sober be serious be vigilant build up a barricade now we're we're out of time this is monday we're going to be back tomorrow we're going to 
pick it up right here. But please go to the website and download for free how to keep the devil out of your life. And be sure to order the series too. It's so good. It'll help you or it'll help somebody else. But hey, write to us if you have a prayer request, prayer at renner.org. Or call us 1-800-742-5593 and sleep great tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Wow, wasn't that a great teaching? My friends, I want to ask you to please like, subscribe, and comment on that video you just watched so more people can see it.